This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with the two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. All right, is everyone okay? Is everyone still out there? Is everyone still alive? Has everyone come out of their little shells? Because I understand what happened yesterday was brutal. I'm I'm glad you're here, Ben. I'm kind of glad I'm here too, I guess. (laughs) Here's how today is going to go. We're going to open up the text line. I'll throw out the number, 989-837-6125. We'll get to everybody's opinion. You'll hear mine. You'll hear John's. And then we'll get to yours. I promise. Everyone deserves a voice here. If you need to get something off your chest, this is the place for you. Let's make this therapeutic. Why don't we? We're almost 24 hours from uh, the game. It still stings just as bad. Feels like I got punched one minute ago still. This one's going to take a while to get over. So we're going to do it together. So I'll throw the number out one more time. 989-837-6125. We'll hear from everyone. Everyone will get their opinion out. But before we do that, I need a few minutes. I need to get a few things off my chest. I'm going to speak some facts. I'll save my opinion for a little bit, but right now I need to just lay out exactly what happened yesterday. Then we'll get into everything else. Here's what happened in the second half of yesterday's game. The players on the Detroit Lions completely crapped their pants in the second half. Jameer Gibbs and Jared Goff's miscommunication on the fumble. It's going to show up as Jameer Gibbs fumble on the box score. It was both of them. It was 100% both of them. There was some sort of miscommunication. I don't care who the blame goes towards. That can't happen. Especially on the first play of a drive after San Francisco had just scored on the previous possession. And on the possession before that, you had a turnover on downs. The game was slipping away. And then you fumbled it away. It was 24 to 17 when the fumble happened. And then you blow it. San Francisco gets into the end zone just a couple plays later. Players crapped their pants. Josh Reynolds, one of the most reliable guys throughout the entire season. I think we even called him on the show, Mr. Reliable. We're up 24 to 10, fourth and two. Goff has been doing this all season long. He throws the ball low intentionally. It was not a bad throw on Goff. It could have been better, sure. Wasn't even Goff's best game. But he's been doing this all season long. He puts it in a place where only the wide receiver can get it. And all year long, Amon Ross St. Brown has made that catch. Josh Reynolds has made that catch. And yesterday, Josh Reynolds must have been playing with butter all over his hands. He had a 6% drop rate all season. It's not that crazy high. Tyree Kills was 7.5. Jalen Waddles was 8.6. He was reliable throughout the course of the season. And yesterday, he just flat out dropped two balls. The second one was even worse. It wasn't on a fourth down, so it's not going to get talked about as much. But later on in the game when it was third and ten, in your own territory, Josh Reynolds was wide open. 
Someone used the word naked in coverage. The ball went right in his hands. That should have been a 20-yard gain. He was so wide open, I started celebrating. And then I look up, and the ball's on the ground. He dropped it. The wide receivers didn't show up in the second half of the game. You know what else didn't show up in the second half of the game? The run game. How on earth? Someone please explain this to me. You run for 148 yards in the first half of a football game. You run for 148 yards in the first half of a football game. And then you only rush the ball nine times from that point forward. One of those was to a wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown on third and four. Still don't really understand that one. You run for almost 150 rushing yards in the first half of a game. And then you run for 34 yards the rest of the way in the second half. On the drive before halftime, alone, the Lions ran for 35 rushing yards. That was the drive they kept using all those extra offensive linemen. They were dominating, running the ball down San Francisco's throat, just like I said they would. Just like anyone who picked the Lions said they would. They were bullying them. They were forcing anywhere they wanted to run the ball, they could do it. It's the only way you get 150 rushing yards in the first half of a game. Then they just completely abandoned it in the second half. Kiss it goodbye. Just didn't happen. Even worse, Gibbs only had one touch the rest of the way. In the second half, he had one touch. After showing America in the first half how magnificently talented he really is. He gets one touch. It's a fumble. Ben Johnson never puts the ball back in his hands in the rushing game. What is that all about? I watched a pregame interview that Dan Campbell says he likes to instill confidence in his guys. Pump confidence into his players. Make sure they know that he believes in them. Why would you not give that guy another touch the rest of the game after the fumble? It makes no sense to me. For once, I agree with something Stephen A. said. That's indefensible. Only running the ball nine times the rest of the way. By the way, one of those times was to Amon Ross St. Brown. Don't know if I mentioned that. Here's the other thing. Defensively, you had no escape plan for Brock Purdy. I don't know if that wasn't prepped, wasn't on film. You just had no plan. You got caught with your pants down and didn't have an answer for it. You were not prepared for that. Brock Purdy had three rushing yards for three rushes for 52 yards when you take away the kneel down to close out both halves. Three rushes. For 52 yards. This guy ran for nine yards a game in the regular season. Nine yards, that's it. Barely moved. Yet he danced all over this team. Not to mention every single one of them was a first down. Second and 11, he goes for 21 yards. Second and six, goes for 10 yards. Third and four, goes for 21 yards. That kind of stuff is humiliating to a defense. It's deflating. Because you play perfect coverage down the field, you get pressure on him, and he's just willy-wallies his way to a first down. Someone pop him! Someone pop that guy! But that would be impossible because of all the missed tackles. Does someone want to tell me what C.J. Gardner-Johnson does well besides talk and wave the crowd goodbye? This secondary is straight ass. Everyone in this secondary, including the corners, including the safeties, they are horrible yesterday. 
Kendall Vildor, who shouldn't be on an NFL team, let alone a starter, had seven targets, five receptions, 95 yards. Then there's Cam Sutton. Jesus, I don't know why they brought this guy in if this is how he's going to play. 11 times he got targeted. Eight times the wide receiver caught the ball. 77 yards. Here's the worst part. What's the one thing Cam Sutton's supposed to do well and has done well all season long? He plays good in the run game. Three missed tackles. Three times just completely whiffed on a dude. CJ Gardner-Johnson, same boat. Again, I asked the question, anybody know what that guy does? Besides be annoying and talk? Someone show me a nice play he's made this season. I don't remember one. Before or after his injury. He didn't do anything for the Lions this year besides talk. And then you have Kirby Joseph, who only had one missed tackle, but here's the even crazier stat. Over 300 tweets in the last 24 hours. He couldn't wait to get on Twitter and reply to his replies. He couldn't wait to start tweeting at people. Go ahead, look at his feed. Very entertaining. Everyone's going to point to the fourth downs. Everyone's going to say they should have kicked a field goal. Easy to say in hindsight. Michael Batchley in his career. 77% from 40 to 49 yards. From 50, from 50 plus yards out, it's ugly. It's really ugly. He hadn't attempted a kick outside this season. He hadn't attempted a kick in a non-dome setting. So nothing, nothing is guaranteed that he makes it. People forget this guy got cut at the beginning of the year. He only attempted one field goal the entire season from 40 to 50 yards. Then you can get into the fluke plays. The playoff, the, fl- the face mask. Kendall Vildor hits him right in the front teeth, bounces off of his face mask, and lands right in Brandon Ayuk's arms. I don't know what the Lions are supposed to do there. That's nobody's fault besides Kendall Vildor. Catch the ball. But then again, asking someone who shouldn't be on most NFL teams to have an interception down the field seems like a big ask. Why do I say all of this stuff? What am I going towards? What's the point? The point is, this one's not on Dan Campbell. It's making me pull my hair out. Then I'm seeing people say, They should have kicked a field goal. They should have taken the points. Dan Campbell's the reason they lost. He's not. All that stuff I just said are reasons this team lost. If you want to pin some of it on Dan Campbell, that's fine. But he alone is not the reason they lost this game. All season long, this team was excellent on fourth down going for it. Fourth and three and less. They were 76% on the year. Fourth and three and less in enemy territory, they were 86%. Everyone loves Dan Campbell. Everyone backed, uh, stood up for this guy, was willing to take a bullet for him, stand in front of him with a shield, and now we want to attack him? Get out of here. This is not on Dan Campbell. It's on everyone. And if you're going to blame Dan Campbell for something, blame him for calling that timeout with, se- with less than a minute left in the game. 
That meant you had to get the onside kick. You didn't have a chance to call all three timeouts and force them to punt the ball back to you. You didn't even give yourself a chance. Why'd you run it on third down? Don't know. Forces you to burn a timeout and essentially cost you the game. Why is that a run? Who's deciding whether it's a run? Ben Johnson? Dan Campbell? Don't know. Don't care. Irresponsible. Ben Johnson should be on trial for what happened yesterday in the second half. All season long, this team has disappeared in the third quarter. Vanished. And I don't understand how it wasn't fixed. In terms of scoring, first quarter, they're second in the league. Third quarter, or second quarter, seventh in the lead. Third quarter, 20th. Fourth quarter, third. What happens to this team at halftime? What do they do? Same thing on defense. First quarter, 17th best. Second quarter, ninth best. Third quarter, worst scoring defense in the league. Whatever Dan Campbell's halftime adjustments are, they suck. I love Dan Campbell. I'll defend this guy. He's not the reason they lost yesterday. But whatever the halftime ritual is, change it. Because that is garbage. So if you're going to text in and blame Dan Campbell for this, I'm just warning you, I will not have a pleasant response. So up till 3 a.m., just miserable out of my mind. Now I'm here, ready to talk about it. John, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? You're making me mad. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to, it's not because of what happened. It's just you're coming with uh, raw emotion right now. And you've hit it well for most of the day because obviously, you know, you come in, you prepare for the show, we get everything t- together. And it's not laughing again. At, at you. It's, it's more out of un- being uncomfortable, honestly. You are, you're mad, and I, I don't blame you. I Watching that game yesterday, uh, <laughs> like, all, all you could feel is, is rage. I, just the way it collapsed, and again, we're going to get into it, we're going to hear from you, but just the way that it unfolded in the second half, inconceivable, really. I, I don't know how every piece of the puzzle just put in place for that collapse to happen. And uh, I'll tell you exactly right. how. I'll in, tell in, you in exactly half how. Where the first half where everything went right, you didn't get one break in the second half. Best first Not half of break. the entire season. Best half of the entire season. And then you have four minutes of hell. I, I, you missed fourth yeah. down, dropped by Reynolds. The Ayuk play off the bounce, off yep. the helmet of Kendall Vildor, who, again, I will love to say as many times as I can, <laughs> shouldn't be in the NFL. Yeah. And then the very next three plays later, they score, and then Jameer Gibbs fumbles. Just mm-hmm. like that, four minutes of hell. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, too, when Barnes went out and they put in Malcolm Rodriguez, I was like, man, they're, they're going to exploit the linebacking core. He played next man up mentality. I just uh, couldn't think, believe yeah, the yeah, secondary yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had a pick, didn't have that. Had a pick, but guess what? Yeah. Three missed tackles. Yeah, no, I believe me, not no perfect game there either. Nobody I'll, could I'll, figure out how to tackle. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you too, by the way, the one thing I'm glad you hit on and not a lot of people have, in my opinion, I, I said it at the time, and then I, I texted my dad after the game if you want proof, and I know people are going to say, okay, you know, Monday morning quarterback looking at it after the fact. That St. Brown handoff made absolutely no sense to me. Zero. That's the one play, Zero. Ben. And Zero. I know it's going to be different from people. I know the, you know, IU catch, and, and there's a lot of different moments in that game that are going to stick in the craw and be remembered. That St. Brown run for me is Dumbest the one thing I've that ever seen. you can't explain to me, and I personally won't get over, you know? And, like, honestly, I, I don't understand how 
it's one thing to not give it to Montgomery. Okay, he had four carries on the drive, all, by the way, of more than five yards. But, okay, giving it, putting in Jameer Gibbs, fine solution. Two 1,000-yard rushers. But even if you didn't want to give it to Gibbs, even if you didn't want to put in Craig Reynolds, who's Run. even had a rush in the postseason, how St. Brown is the receiver before others is mind-blowing to me. Not because he's not capable, Ben. Why would you want that guy going up against this front seven in between tackles yeah. when he's got to be big in the second half and be your receiver? Because his targets fell off. He didn't have the same impact. I, I, I'm not going to speculate injury, obviously, but I'm sure getting tackled by, by Kinlaw after a two-yard rush didn't help him. I, I'm sure that play did not help him. I don't know how that was the play. And you know what that was? That was just, oh, overconfidence. We're going to beat you with our offensive linemen, you know, rotating and going in motion. And guess what? We're going to line up our receiver straight at back and do a straight handoff. No gimmick. We're just going to run it down your throat because we can. And that was just mind-blowing to me. Like, win the game first. And, and, then, you could, and then you could go and, 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 and show everyone you're a genius. Because that honestly was like, oh, yeah, NFL, Seattle, Commanders, you better be buying for, uh, uh, you know, vying for my, uh, my uh, employment. Because look what I'm about to do. I'm about to run a first down on a third and four. I'm going to give it to a receiver up the middle. Like, it was an ultimate, like, oh, putting Not to mention on the, the table. flea flicker, not to mention the double pass, I, none of which worked. It, unbelievable. Go, again, coach, go, but, go coach the commanders, man. But, if that's the kind of stuff we're going to get in the postseason, yeah. go coach but, but the But everyone's going after Reynolds, and, right, and I get it, you know, fourth down and two, not converted. How it's is not everybody. How is that your third and four play? No, that was the right. How is that your third and four play? A run, a run to a receiver. I will never understand that. I won't. And even under, even under the guys that it's four down territory, which it obviously was. I will never understand that. That that one is the one that just I couldn't believe. I don't disagree with running the ball there. No, it's I don't the right either. Play. I don't either. Set up it's a just, fourth and short. It's just there's four other options before St. Brown. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. We'll get to everybody's texts. We'll get to everybody's opinions. But right now, we're just still feeling this thing out. We, what, kicked off almost 24 hours ago to the exact minute? We basically just skipped over our first commercial? We're rolling. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Let's keep this thing going on a Monday. Sadly, not a victory Monday. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. C.J. Gardner-Johnson should be playing for the Michigan Panthers. Oh, we're back from break? <laughs> oh, you guys weren't supposed to hear that. Go they play for a different team, tomorrow. Man. Go play for a different team, man. <laughs> oh. Once this guy came back from injury, we are so excited. We sat right here in this studio and said this was the game changer. He changed nothing. Nothing. You know what he changed? San Francisco's mindset when they saw him waving everyone goodbye in the second quarter. What was that? All this dude does is talk. I get it. He's this dog. He sets the tone. But, dude, you got to play well in order to have that sort of rep uh, representation. To have that sort of gimmick, you actually have to be good. Otherwise, you're just Grant Williams in the NBA, not Draymond Green. Seriously. Anybody got one play in mind of C.J. Gardner-Johnson making something happen? Besides that interception week 18 that just got bounced right to him. No big hits. It's what he's known for. No blowing stuff up behind the line of scrimmage. No game-changing intercept. Nothing. Nothing. 
Just a whole lot of talking. Yeah, it was, it was cute when he, you know, trash-talked Baker to his face. It's not cute when you blow, you know, when you're celebrating in the first half. Three missed tackles. Three missed tackles. Didn't do a whole lot besides that. I, I, I'm just sick to my stomach. And, and the fact that we haven't even brought up the fact that this is the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. This isn't just some regular season game that they choked away in the second half. They had it. They had their hands on the Super Bowl. They had their hands on a ticket to Vegas. They could smell it. They could taste it. Hell, they could hug it. And it fumbled out of their hands, literally. Quite literally fumbled it away. I'm, I'm still sick to my stomach. No, Today's not any better than it was yesterday. And to be honest, hands down. Hands down the worst sports loss I've ever experienced in my entire life. You're not even Lions fans, and you can no, pro- you probably could relate to. I, that. I mean, I was I was sick to, sick to my stomach in terms of just like people I know, like because of how it went down. You know, like it, it's one thing to lose in the NFC Championship game; it's even a thing to lose by three. Okay, it's a back I and forth game. Blown out. You and, and again, it, it wasn't like oh, being boastful, but at halftime, you're, you're feeling good. You're 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 trying to you know like control your emotions because you feel like this is about to be the time where your team gets to the Super Bowl. And, and what happens in the big game, okay. But this was it. This was breaking that wall that's been up against this franchise since it started. And you have a 17-point lead. And I get it's on the road, and I get the Niners having the ball coming out of the tunnel. But all you have to do, not even play a perfect game. No, how about you run the football? You have to just play a above-average game the rest of the way because you gave yourself a 17-point cushion. And everything that can possibly go wrong does. Yep. And, and that's not hyperbole, and that's not, like... No, everything went wrong. That bounce with Ayuk, that doesn't happen to, like, in, in, in prototypical games. Like, that that's a play that's going to be remembered for a long time in NFL history. That just doesn't happen. It, it doesn't. No, you want to know what Ben Johnson did at halftime? He went to the toilet and went... <laughs> I, I, and then he walked out of halftime, waddled back yeah. onto the field, and, and had no plan. And, and I get to, like, lack of adjustments and that's I think been a narrative for this team even in successes this year even in wins where they just come out flat in the third quarter and games were closer than they should have been like that's definitely something that needs to improve going forward but all you had to do was again just run the ball just play like just not fumble that first that first touch coming out of being up seven like just not run your receiver and and that's the worst thing that's the worst thing Ben you're up 14 after, again, the St. Brown run that failed and then the incompletion of Reynolds, but you felt that was the first? Because they they held them to a field goal the uh, drive prior. Like, the 49ers came out of the tunnel and were held to three. So, or came out of the halftime locker room and were held to three. So, you're like, okay, that's a success. Because this is a Niners team that's going to score regardless of who you are. But that felt like the first step of this collapsing. And it just felt, like, unavoidable, which is insanity. Because it's a team that, okay, not just played well the last couple of weeks to get up here, but played a flawless first half. No. I mean, J-Mo didn't even get touched on that first drive. And Incredible. You're like, and you're like, they might run Incredible. him out of the building. That that was a thought across my head that, like, maybe they just don't have the dogs to stop these guys in, in terms of the Niners' defense to the Lions. And it all just take takes a big 180. It, like, it's it's hard to explain certain plays in that game. It really is. 989-837-6125. You guys are welcome to join this conversation. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a little bit. Again, that's 989-837-6125. The part that stings for me the most 
is is exactly what kind of what you just said. They had it. And here's the thing that people can come in and bash me for if you want. If you want to text in and call me an idiot, go ahead. I, I just it, you can't hurt me more than the Lions did last night. I'll I'll defend every decision Dan Campbell made outside of the timeout. That was indefensible. That was suicide, essentially. You called that timeout and the game was over to close out the game. You, you save all three timeouts. Whether you take the points or pass the ball on third down rather than run it, you have to save all three of those timeouts to give yourself a chance to win the game. Because odds are you're not recovering the onside kick. It just doesn't happen. That's the one thing that's indefensible. But kicking the field goal before halftime, agreed with. Going for it the next two times on fourth down, agreed. That's what they've done all season long. I'm not going to tell Dan Campbell to not be himself in this game. I'm not going to sit here and say Dan Campbell should have done this. Dan Campbell should have done that. That's not who Dan Campbell is. The Lions have been excellent all season long on fourth and short. 86% of the time, they converted on fourth and three and less in enemy territory. They dominated in that category. It suffocated teams. It flipped the momentum of the game. Yesterday, it did the exact same thing, only it wasn't in the Lions' favor. I'll defend those decisions. They just weren't executed. Josh Reynolds has to catch that ball. The second play, uh, the Jared Goff rollout, that was just a mess from the very beginning. That one should have been checked as something else. But I don't disagree with the actual call to go for it. Because like I said, that field goal is from 48 yards, that second one. There's no guarantee Michael Badgley makes that. Zero. There's zero guarantee that that goes in. And, and you have the offense to do it. You're not playing scared. And, and as much as like, oh, yeah, we should have Reynolds. The Lions do trust their, what, third receiving option in that point. They do. And they should because they have all pros all over the field. Like you can't play scared. You can't. You want to take this game back, and especially when it started falling apart, you had you needed someone to make the big play, and it just didn't happen. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. You guys are keep texting it in. We'll get to the text line after this on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio one hundred point nine. The Mitt. All right, it's time to get to the people. You guys deserve to be heard just as much as us uh, here in the studio, 100.9 The Mint. You guys are listening to the payoff, but it's time to go to you. Carson chiming in all the way from Orlando says, this is on Ben Johnson more than anyone else. 148 rush yards at the end of the half. Demo running like his life depends on it. Uh, Your best player, Panay Sewell, and decided to hand it off just eight times in the second half. Mr. Perfect Boy Genius has been responsible for the third quarter all season long and is playing awful. Yeah. I, 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 I can't wrap my hands around how the third quarter has been bad all season long. How has it not been addressed at some point throughout the season? Dan Campbell addressed it at the media conferences all the time. Never during the game, though. Never during the game. Ben Johnson tried to get too fancy. Tried to climb himself back out of it by doing things that were uncharacteristic of the Lions. We've seen it all season long. He tries to get too cute. And things like yesterday happened. I don't know what happened on that Gibbs fumble, but it was miscommunication. That falls on everyone. Ben Johnson, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, everybody. Someone turned the wrong way. Someone wasn't expecting something, and it resulted in a fumble. That swung the game. I'll tell you, and more will come out, obviously, once you know we get a couple days away and weeks and whatever, but just specifically that fumble, 
I pin more on Goff and Gibbs than I do Johnson. There had to be a miscommunication there, but at that time, and I don't want to get into, you know, hoorah and showing of a team leader, but you would think going into that huddle before that first offensive drive when the San Fran crowd was really into it at a maximum level for the first time since the pregame intros, because you took them out right away, someone in that huddle has got to settle the troops down. Because obviously that came out of, I wouldn't say playing scared, but not being as comfortable as you were in the first half. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to speak up there. Like, and and again, and and we'll see how it comes down. And maybe it was Johnson saying this and Goff hearing different or or vice versa, but that felt like a play based on nerves. We're we're not supposed to be in this spot. We're we're not supposed to be in this game. Do you think they got too big too early and took their foot off their gas and kind of relaxed a little bit where as they, they lost that chip on their shoulder. Again, you could say that, but this team more than any should know how hard it is to win in this league and also how hard it was to get here. And, and, and just right. based on previous results, I mean, even in a game you felt really good about, the Bucks played till the end against you. You know, it took a really valiant effort to get by the Rams. Even wins this year that define the season, the Chargers. Like, there's been multiple times where you know, yeah, it's never over till it's over. But then you point at stuff of Garner Johnson waving goodbye in the second quarter, and then you think maybe not everyone is on board in that. What a doofus. In that, and again, I don't want to, like, it, what the main, the main tough thing for me, Ben, and I know I'm about to go on a soapbox a little, this team was so easy to root for, in my opinion, which... We had no enemies. <laughs> literally, like, most of the country behind you, not that that matters, but, it, but just for throwing it out there, that, that, that was the case. California was rooting for San Fran. That's about it. And a lot of great personalities. Like St. Brown is a great story. Hutch, the hometown kid. Goff, a guy who was just thrown to the side by another franchise about to maybe go to the Super Bowl. Like there was just storylines, not just, okay, uh, you know, with the players, the team overall as well. And <laughs> to, to, to play cocky at that point, especially knowing who you are, it, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And again, it's not the main example or the main reason of why they lost. But there, there was obviously, at bits and pieces, a lack of focus at times. Because the Goff, the Goff and Gibbs is a lack of focus, and then missed tackles are a lack of focus. Because they, they had the right to be there. It, that, that, that wasn't the conversation. And during the first half, you started looking around like, wow, the whole question of this Lions team were, oh, where's the star power? They're just a, a combination of really everywhere. good players. No, star power was there. It was You're everywhere. like, shoot, the Lions are just, a, like, they're a bunch of studs. Like, this is crazy. They're going up against the 49ers, which is just an all-star team, and giving it to them. And that, so that wasn't a problem either. It just was, a, you know, taking your eye away from the ball. Right. And, and I know Hutch didn't even record a tackle, didn't he did record not. a sack, PFF grade bad. But even right away in first half, I think both in the first quarter, two deflected passes. Yes. Like he was leaving an impact early, and then everything just collapsed in the second half. And there's a lot of people out there spreading around the, the positive vibes of, well, they'll be back. Says who? Says who? I'll tell you what, if they're back, they probably never have another 17-point lead in an NFC championship game. Those don't grow on trees. That was the best opportunity you probably ever had. And you slipped it away. That's what kept me up at night. Not the loss. What was at stake of that loss? You had it. You had it. You were going to the Super Bowl and you lost it. Odds are you never see another opportunity as good as that one. And, and Dan can't, you, people are retweeting it. People are, are pulling quotes out of, out of context. 
Dan Campbell essentially said to himself, this is probably the best look that they'll get. It's going to be harder to get back. Here's the full quote so you can get it in context. Well, look, I told those guys, this may have been all we shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. It's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up. You know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, which is fine, which is fine. So it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. This was the year. This was the year. And he mentions the division. Yeah, division's about to be really good next year. It's going to be different for every person because there was some on social media platforms and in group text that reflected on what is a great season. And I hope that's not lost in all of this. It's just not the time and place for it yet. It just <laughs> Everyone's going to be different in, in terms of looking at this season because it was a success. It was and should be, Ben, the first year in what is hopefully a decade of making the playoffs and giving it a run each and every year that then results in finally winning the franchise's first Super Bowl. Like that, that, yeah, that's great, but we had it. No, I get it. It was I in our it, hands. But, but that emotion is how you should feel right now because you're never promised anything again. You're not. Cowboys make look, the playoffs every single year yeah. and have never made the <laughs> NFC Championship this century. Nothing's guaranteed. Look, look at, I mean, a, a prime comparison of what the Lions could be over the next couple of years, and you hope not to the fullest extent, but the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that feels they have the quarterback, that have star receivers, that have a great run game, that has a shutdown defense, and they can't get over the hump. I've got a better one. For whatever reason. How about the Falcons? Remember when they made a Super Bowl yep. and everyone's saying they'll be, they'll back. be back? Yep. Nope. <laughs> Haven't sniffed the playoffs since then. Uh, let's keep going on the text line. Chris from Bay City chiming in. How's it going, Chris? Chris says, can't agree more with everything you guys are saying. The worst thing about it all is if they go to the Super Bowl... Uh, the worst thing about all of it is this. If they go to the Super Bowl next year, the hype and buzz of the season will never be the same as it was this year. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, you, you could say that about anything. Like the, the, the first time you make that run, it, it, was, was, it was because it's been a while, right? Like when they made it in 91, a lot of people, you know, reflected on that. Even when the Lions made, you know, rare appearances before this year right. but in the playoffs. John remembers that one well. <laughs> well, no, but I don't. But there are people, I mean, you can look at probably the guy from three to six. Uh, he put in his top five worst losses losing to Washington the the year prior in the NFC Championship game or not getting to that point. Like those 90 teams stick with people and they never got back up there. It'll come again and it'll obviously be a full calendar year, but the hype will be there again because you still haven't got to the pinnacle yet. But... It's 30 years in between NFC Championship I get games. Yeah, like, no. and, and after yeah. that 91 game, guess what everyone thought? Yeah. We'll, we'll be back. We'll be yeah. back. But we I, got Barry Sanders. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. I, no, I, and I get it. But I, I mean, just to say, oh, the hype next year, screw, screw that. Who cares? If, if they get, believe me, you'll, the Lions fever will happen again if they're successful again. If they win the North again next year, it'll happen all over again and it'll feel better. Now, will there be an underlying anxiousness because of what happened this year? Of course. Yeah. And, I know no one wants to hear this, but it going, it. Th- going through this Say makes, it. when it eventually happens, feel even better. Now, 
I think everyone around here has been through enough. So it, it feels, you know, cold to say that. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you guys need to lose another NFC championship to really feel the true meaning of a Super Bowl. No, not what I'm saying. It's already been way too much. It's already been enough in terms of if you look at the team, if you look at the city as a whole, the state, whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's eventually going to happen. And the positives of this, and I didn't think we'd get to it today, but I'm glad we will, have a lot of guys right now on the cheap. Yeah, there's going to be extensions for some of these guys, but you still have a lot of cap room. And you can make improvements to a core that's young. And if you're saying, oh, you know what? I don't think the pieces they have are good enough to get to this point. The 49ers are built the same way you are. They just have a couple more studs. It's places the lines don't. They, they also have, a, have, they have way better, less ca- salary cap space. They do. They do. Um, but, and that's going li- to be the Lions' uh, reality in a little bit as well. But right now, they're playing with house money. They have the ability to keep a, a majority of their core under wraps and go out and get some free agent corners and of course draft. But ideally you want a, a, a win now solution, which, which may come in free agency or a trade. We don't know, obviously, but you still have the flexibility to do that. This wasn't building, honestly, like comparing it to the Rams, not building this team full of veterans and getting them all in the building at the same time and getting a win and then sucking for a little bit. The Lions have this, expectations to be good. It's just hard to deal with that reality now when, again, it's not even 24 hours. Uh, it's, it's still a fresh cut. Hey, we're all irrational right now. That's that's kind of what the next 24 hours are for. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to voice your opinion, one more time. It's 989-837-6125. Jeremy chiming in now. Even worse than Gibbs not getting touches, Dima was averaging seven yards per carry. Why didn't he get the ball in the second half? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I wish I had the answer for you, Jeremy. I really do. Uh, Myron Davis chiming in. We need to simply appreciate the fact that we went. How many first... Oh, boy. How many first or second year players? I'm disagreeing with you guys. We are good for a minimum of in the next four years. Same a solid team. Uh, name a solid team that was built as quick as we did. It was a great season. Yeah, and we're going to feel that way in a week or two. Ben may take a little longer than I will, but... You don't want to hear that right now. No, I. I don't oh, it's the it's the first chapter of what bit. should be a great story. No, you were on the doorstep. Listen, you feel listen, you should still listen. be playing right now, Myron. We should be previewing the Super Bowl, <laughs> Myron. Do I think the Lions are going to be good next year? Absolutely. Do I think the Lions are going to make the playoffs next year? I sure hope so. But ask the Vikings from the year before. No, things can happen. Yes, you're one injury away from it just being all ripped away from you. You're never going to get another opportunity as good as the one you had at halftime of the NFC Championship game. You'll never have another 17-point lead in the NFC Championship. Odds are not in favor of that happening. Do I think they're in the beginning of something big? Yes. But like John said, the Bills, they've been <laughs> they've been a great team for five years and have never made a Super Bowl. You had it. It was in your hands. I don't know if they ever get a better look than that. And, and again, it, that's, it, that's how you feel right now. And hopefully, I, I, I just want to dispel the narrative, and I, I guess it was, what, Chris and Bay City? The hype's going to be there. Like, obviously, it feels like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in depressed mode. I'm in want to stay in my room and do nothing mode. It's going to come again. The football season will come. Like, it, it, there's another one. But I get it. It's, it's been a while, and, you know, we're talking as two youngsters over here. I get it for some people where it's like, yeah, you're 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 having the thoughts of I'm never going to see this in my life, and it sucks. It sucks. It's not. It's not fun. It's not fun. Aye, and, aye, aye. and 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 uh, I mean, again, I don't want to keep piling on, obviously, but I, it's just you don't want to look ahead right now because you still want to, you know, 
not mourn, but I, I, I guess mourn is an okay word for this. It's just we're uh, still grieving. It's still grieving. It's just there is a future for this team. It's just that game last night wasn't a three point loss to a team that just had your number. It was a game you should have won. It's a game that you were up 17 at half and you blew the third largest lead in conference championship history. It's a fact. Uh, and it sucks. Right now, I would say I'm in the I'm in the depression stage of grief. There you go. What, the seven stages, right? Seven stages. Five, five stages. Five stages. For a while, I was in denial. Then <laughs> I was just angry. I woke up very angry this morning. I don't blame you. Then I was bargaining. Now I'm just depressed. Uh, that was the worst loss I think I've ever seen. If you've got another one, please let us know. But I, I think maybe I can speak for all of Michigan sports fans. Maybe besides Michigan State fans, I know there's some some heartbreaking stuff there. But this has got to be the worst loss of the last like 50 years in terms of Michigan sports. If you got another one, please let us know. 989-837-6125. Let's take one more time out. We'll come back, wrap it all up. If you guys got thoughts, here's your last chance to get them out. 989-837-6125. Oh, we haven't done a loss, uh, non-victory Monday in quite some time because we weren't here for that Cowboys game. Nope. This is, this is not as fun. Not as fun. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. 989-837-6125. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line one more time. I just I wanted to reiterate something. I don't know if I've said yet before, John. Uh, Kirby Joseph, Cam Sutton, Kendall Vindor, CJ Gardner-Johnson, they're ass. They suck, and I want them all replaced. Nice. All right, let's go back to the text line. Sorry, I just needed to get that off my chest. Um, we asked before the break, is this the worst loss that you've ever seen as a Michigan sports fan? Jeremy from Beaverton chiming in and say, I saw someone comparing it to the bird stealing the ball against the Pistons, but other than being a gut bunch for a long-suffering fan base, I don't really see it. Nobody thought that this was a Super Bowl team in August, except for me, uh, back to reading Jeremy text. Does it suck to have it right there in your hand? Yeah, but San Francisco's been that team for three years. Lions caught a bad break or two, made a couple really tough mistakes, and completely surpassed any irrational person's expectations of this team. If they're for real, they'll get another shot. I agree with Jeremy at the tail end of that. I mean, like, oh, the hype's gone. Will they ever get back? If they're real, they'll show up again. They, they don't I play in a, so. they don't play in a gauntlet division. I know that we expect they, they every might. team to get better, and the Vikings to return. Packers in love. You know how high I am on on Jordan Love, and then the Bears. You know if Williams is that guy. Okay, but right now you're going to win the North next year. You know that's the feeling. That should be the expectation going into next year. It's just again, yes, in the but here every and now, team we don't want to hear in the it. NFC North is heading into next season thinking they can win it. I mean, well, you could say that about any team in the NFL. They all think they can win the no. Super Bowl. The Bears should not have expectations in a rookie quarterback that they're going to win in the North. Well, I'm there's sorry. not a guarantee there is a rookie quarterback playing for the Bears next year. There's not, but... I, I, I That's like a coin toss. That's a mm. conversation for a completely uh, different we'll have day, time. though. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do we talk about now? Michigan State, baby. <laughs> uh, Jeremy from... Uh, Jaden Friesen chiming in. What's up, the Mitt? Jaden Friesen here. I can't believe Detroit has had this season. They had just to finish it off and lose in the most Detroit Lions way possible. I didn't want to do this. Like, I, I really didn't want to do this. I've been trying to not even, not just not talk about it on the show, but think about this. But yeah, like, Jaden, you're right. 
That was the most SOL thing I've ever seen. I thought they left that garbage at the door in the Rams game. You really could have buried it and put the grave on top of it here in this game. I don't want to do this game, but yeah, that was the most the most SOL thing I've ever seen, unfortunately. I don't think this team's cursed or anything like that. But that was the, just a kick to the balls. Plain yes. and simple. Um, Daniel chiming in. Sorry, had to had to catch my breath from that one. J- Jaden really put me in a tailspin there. Uh, Daniel chiming in. First time texter. What's going on, Daniel? Lions need a permanent kicker like Jason Hansen. They need to draft Harrison. No, no. We're not drafting any kickers. Did you see what San Francisco did yesterday? Or Jake Moody. Missed a field goal. A layup. He was drafted in what? The fourth round? Patriots drafted a kicker? Who I'm pretty sure isn't on their team anymore. Like their season's done and I'm pretty sure they just cut him right away. Jake Moody was the most automatic kicker I've ever seen in college. It was an automatic three points anytime he walked out into the field. And he has sucked in the NFL. I am not drafting a kicker ever. But you do need to find a more permanent answer. Because the whole Michael Batchley cutting him, bringing him back, don't trust him, do trust him, having a kickoff with Parker Romo and Pritt. No. To hell with that. You need to find a kicker. Figure it out. Uh, Carson chiming in one more time. Um, you lose three letters. You throw away three letters. What? You throw those three letters away, Ben and Jaden. Come on. Stop it. Have some pride. Oh, he's talking SOL. Yes. I, I mean, I would, I would love to put it away. Like, I, I don't it, – it's so conflicting because throughout the losses, uh, almost losing to the Saints, the loss to Green Bay, I never brought it up. I didn't want to. But come on. Like, that was a very SOL thing to do. I, 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 I think it's dead. I don't think you walk into next season thinking about anything like that. This is still the brand-new Lions. But that was SOL-esque. Can we agree on that? Are you, you don't really know about that, do you? I, I just watched it from afar, Ben. I, my thing would be this. If you trust in Campbell building this culture, then that no longer exists. Like, this is a culture that in a short time made the NFC Championship game. That's why you brought this guy in, to change the culture. Because it's one thing X's and O's, and oh, Ben Johnson's a wizard, and Brad Holmes could draft better than any GM, and yada, yada, yada. The whole thing that this, the whole first step, I guess, was fixing the culture of the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. And they you did feel that. fully confident Dan Campbell did that. So <laughs> it, it's tough. Eh? Like, it's just not that it's unfair, but like I had buddies who aren't Lions fans, you know, texting, oh, same old Lions. Like, it's just lazy. Not, not like, okay, yeah, they lost. Like, am I going to text them same old Bills when, when they lose in the AFC championship game? Or Hell they yeah. Lose the, like, Hell yeah. It, it's obviously different teams of different errors, and you just it, – it's just it's just unexplainable. It, it, it's just like uh, you just – they're not those old teams. Like, obviously, no, they've gone somewhere that only two other Lions teams in, in history or in the Super Bowl era have ever reached, right? So it's not the same old, but it's not completely brand new winning yet. The, the same winning old culture Lions- – is here, but it's not championship winning culture yet. The same old Lions used to throw up on themselves um, at the end of these games. This one was more so a, I, I don't know what happened. Those four minutes of hell were just, I, 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 it's kind of unexplainable. God must have not wanted us to win the game because between 
the Reynolds drop, the Brandon Ayuk bomb that was bounced off the face mask of Kendall Vildor, who I don't know if I've mentioned shouldn't be on the Lions next year. Um, you use three letters with him, ASS. ASS, yeah, that's 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 three letters you could use for uh, Kendall Vildor. I can think of a few more that I can't say on the oh radio, boy. but yeah, we'll just we'll just move on from that. And then you have the the Brandon Ayuk play, and then the fumble immediately after. Like I, I'm still trying to figure out how that all happened because all season long the Lions have been really good at responding to that kind of adversity because they'd fall apart in these third quarters. They'd let the teams get back into it. New Orleans comes to mind. The Packers come to mind. Uh, week four in Lambeau. There was multiple games where the teams kind of just started creeping back in. They refused to close the back door, but they always found a way. I should say most of the time they found a way to still finish the game, still take it back, get the momentum back in their favor. And yesterday they just couldn't do it. You can't fumble the ball against the one seed, a team as talented as the San Francisco 49ers. You don't get to make all those type of mistakes. 49ers had the one turnover, but what did I tell you on uh, Thursday? You turn the ball over, you probably lose the game. And it wasn't on Goff this time, despite your little parlay that you made there. You needed Goff and Brock Purdy to both throw an interception. I thought that was going to happen. I apologize. <sighs> Purdy did. Purdy did. Uh, and he still. I think it that over. ball got tipped by Hutchinson, right? The one I, thought that, threw? I thought that was McNeil. Was that Hutch? Oh, uh, maybe McNeil. I, it probably was McNeil. McNeil had a hell of a game he yesterday. Did. He, did. he was all over the place in terms of pressuring Purdy, stopping the run. Uh, if if there was going to be a game ball handed out, it probably would have gone to him if they would have closed that game. Probably not, but, you know, I just thought he played fantastic. He was noticeable. I'll say that. Nice to end it on a positive note, Ben. Thanks. Thanks, John. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we got to start talking about the coordinators and Michigan, Michigan State are on. They play basketball tomorrow. Uh, Michigan State, congratulations. You're now the, the how, how would you put it? Toast of town. There you uh, go. These are what we're going to talk about. There you go. Um, Tom Izzo, start winning some games. All right, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it. Here's the Northwood Coaches Show.